Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. And this episode of the podcast is dedicated to anyone affected by the natural disasters going on in the world right now. Really scary times. So we hope we can give you a little bit of entertainment. And today we're going to be talking to Tony Martin. He's taking on Olivier Aubin Mercier, OAM, this Saturday at UFC Pittsburgh. The winner of this fight is going to be right outside the top 15 in the UFC lightweight division. So, you know, it's a big fight at 155, and we got to catch up with Tony. I have a feeling they're going to make him the underdog here. And then, this is going to be really good. We're going to be joined by the perennial underdog, Tyson Nam. This is a guy that went to Brazil and knocked out Eduardo Dantas, and also went to Russia and knocked out Ali Bagautinov. He's, he's being brought in to lose, and then he goes out there and knocks the guys out. And, you know, one time you can call it a fluke, but two times? I mean, you know, <laughs> lightning doesn't strike twice. So as someone who lives and dies by the underdog, it's an honor to get to speak with a warrior like Tyson Nam. But first up, Tony Martin, here we go. Tony Martin, you're on half the battle with Dan and Shaq. How's it going, man? It's going good. How are Doing amazing. So, man, we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, you're coming off the most impressive performance of your UFC career. You went out there against Johnny Case in the grudge match, defeated him very impressively. I mean, was that did that fight go according to plan? Were you satisfied with the victory? No, yeah, it was a good win. Uh, uh, you know, it was a good performance. They showed my striking and just introduced that part of my game. But, you know, obviously I want to finish. I want to finish every fight that I'm in. And uh, I think there was some openings that I should have jumped on a little bit earlier. But, you know, overall I'm satisfied always with the win. And, and you know, there's a lot of beef going into the fight. So it was just a good outcome, and yeah, I was, I was pretty uh, thrilled with the performance, but like I said, I always want to finish. In that matchup, you mentioned the beef, but I mean, it seemed like you were calm, cool, collected out there. It didn't seem like it got to you at all. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely, you know, try to be professional once I get in there and, uh, you know, just stick to my game plan and what we worked on in training, and I, I try not to get too emotional, uh, mostly, you know, it doesn't matter who's in there, I'm, I'm going to go in there and handle my business, and just have the best performance, that's what I have to do. Yeah, and uh, Tony, you know, in your UFC career, I mean, you've been very tested, you know, in comparison to your next opponent. I mean, you've been in there with Benil Darius, Rashid Magomedov, Leo Santos, and all those losses are respectable. Are you grateful that you got to experience those fights, you know, very early in your career, and do you think they, they're going to help you out in the future? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd say I'm grateful for any losses in my career, but... Uh, I, 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 those are very new in the, I was very new in the sport when I fought those guys. I only had three, four years of training um, from the beginning. I come from no background, so that's a very fast uh, approach to be fighting those guys at that high of a level. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I took a lot of things from those fights, and now I'm just so mentally strong, uh, you know, leading in. And I, and, I, and I fully believe if I fought those guys today, that I would easily win every every one of those fights. So. Um, you know, I definitely have the experience going in of uh, a little bit of tougher competition uh, inside Octagon, and but you know, and I've got a lot of momentum going into the fight, so I'm pretty excited uh, going in. But you know, my main focus is just uh, getting in there and taking them up. So you told me that the Felipe Oliveri fight—that was the first time you really felt like you belong there, like you were a UFC caliber fighter. Now I personally disagree because you know you won the first round in basically all your your L's, but here now you're on a streak, man. So how did it feel in the Johnny Case fight compared to the Felipe fight? 
Yeah, it felt good. It was just, you know, I had to say more of my composure level uh, of fighting at that high of a level was where, you know, I, I became, you know, I was always a good athlete. And that's what got me through all my fights leading up until finally I ran into the, the Wolves in the UFC and realized, okay, you know, we got to make sure my skill set and my mental game is uh, up to speed. So, but the, you know, the Johnny Case fight was big uh, on the mental game. It was a huge fight. You know, prior to the fight, I went out to Holland, like I, I was saying before, and sparred with uh, Nikki Holtzkin. And that was just a lot of big confidence boosters for me leading into the fight. So it was just one of those things where I got a lot of momentum going forward, and I just wanted to keep the ball rolling, and that's why we, we jumped into a fight right away. Yo, what was it like sparring with Nikki Holtzkin? Because, I mean, that guy's a legend. Oh, it was, uh, you know, I was pretty nervous at first. You know, you, you don't know what to expect. He was three weeks out of his fight. And, you know, mostly I was expecting, hey, maybe I'll get, like, one or two rounds with them. Um, but, no, we sparred, you know, five rounds the first day, and then the next day we did eight rounds. And it's it's a different game. You know, it's a, the, the, the kickboxing is a lot different than the boxing, and, and kickboxing is a lot different than MMA. But his he throws everything to hurt you. That's just the way he throws. And he doesn't throw in crazy amounts of numbers, but when he throws, it's scary. So that part was uh, – you know, was pretty cool to deal with, and it was just a different approach. They got different training methods. That was nice to see different uh, training and different drills. And uh, you know, the Dutch—they don't mess around. They train hard. Does that give you a lot of confidence training with a guy like that? Because now you're going in against OAM, and obviously OAM's allowed to take you down. You know, he's allowed to do a bunch of stuff that Nicky probably wasn't doing. But still, to stand up with a guy of that caliber—that's got to work wonders for your confidence. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to go out there actually again. Uh, but then this fight jumped on us so fast. It was a five week notice, uh, you know, OAM, he's a Southpaw. So it was just like, so I didn't end up getting out there, but I plan on going back. I, I want to, you know, keep working with, uh, Nikki. He's an awesome guy. He took me in right away when I got out there. So I plan to, to go back out there in the future. And, but yeah, my confidence is extremely high. It, it really helped me to show, Hey, you know, you, you can hang with the best. You can, uh, you know, and I was able to work my stuff with them. So it was, one of those things that uh, obviously he's a better striker, but it's one of those where it's just you know, hey, like I, I, I belong here. I, I can hang hang with these guys, and uh, every day I'm just trying to work to get better. Yeah, Tony. You know, even early in your UFC career, you showed that you had the potential to be a very good striker, considering that you know you got that long, nice frame and that you're very long with your jab and straight right. And you know, OAM in the past he's been more of a guy that takes his opponents down, but in his last fight he showed that he also improved his boxing. In this next fight, where do you see that you're going to uh, beat him? Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, I've gone back and forth a little bit where uh, I definitely plan, I, I, I fully expect to be the better striker. I fully expect to, to when I, my right hand, I just got to believe in the right hand, and once my right hand starts landing, uh, it, it's going to be downhill from there. You know, It's just going to be more of a filling out, finding my range right away, and, and once I find that, it, it's going to be a, a downhill battle for him. But I also believe that if at any time I can shoot in takedowns, I'm very confident in my grappling game. I've been grappling. You know, that's what I came up doing with uh, Brock Larson, uh, which is another self-paw grappler, um, obviously, you know, freakishly strong. So it's one of those things where I've been dealing with this type of guy for since I started. It's, this isn't a new matchup that I've never seen. This is why we took the fight on five weeks' notice, is that this is what I was built to beat. I you know, I started with Brock, and, and every day we trained to beat wrestlers and grapplers. 
of this style. So it's kind of a, a great matchup where I've been wanting this fight because I've yet to fight a guy like that. So it's uh, uh, I, I, I'm pretty excited for the fight. I think it's a great matchup. And, you know, mostly now it's, you know, it's fight week. We're already out in Pittsburgh and we're already getting settled. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just really excited to get back in there. Man, what's the ceiling for a guy like you? Because you've come such a long way. You know, people used to criticize your cardio, but now your last three fights, you submit Felipe in the third round, and then the previous two, you went all three rounds hard. So, I mean, shit, man, what is the ceiling for you? Yeah, I think it, I don't think it was ever a cardio issue. I think it was uh, more of me and my output. You know, I was so new where I was having to force so many things and not react and... I was just having to expend so much unnecessary energy to do takedowns and do my striking because I wasn't confident in my ability. Now I'm able to go out there and I'm just having fun. You know, I'm just going out there and I'm, I'm really enjoying it and my striking is so much smoother. My grappling, I'm not forcing takedowns as much. And, you know, that's really just helps uh, the cardio. It's the biggest part. And, you know, I think the ceiling, honestly, I still think, I'm two, three years away from my prime. I think I still have a lot of growth left. And uh, I think in two, three years that you could see me easily at the top of the sport, um, if not champion by then. And, I, and that's what my game plan is. And then, you know, be champion for a couple of years and, and I'm out. Yeah, and that's, the, that's a good idea. And, uh, you know, a lot of dudes are coming out of your camp right now. Uh, Rob Font, Calvin Qatar. Um, how has, you know, uh, moving down to Boston been a, uh, influential in your uh, career right now yeah i mean it's been you know i really those guys are a little bit smaller so i, I train with them as much as possible but once uh they start dieting you know they can't train with me too much i'm just too big but uh you know rob was a big guy to you know just see a different approach to the game of his striking is very smooth and powerful and rob's how i found my boxing coach uh, eddie alvarez and uh, i've been doing all my boxing training with eddie and that's just, you know, done wonders for my, my career and my self-confidence. But, you know, mostly down at, at City Tongue, I'm just doing a lot of sparring with, uh, you know, Chip Pollard and the guys over there that push me. And then I do a lot of my boxing training with Eddie. But those guys are huge, you know, have helped motivate me. And they come to training sessions just to push me. But, uh, yeah, you know, Boston's been great. It's been a great three years there. Let me ask you this, Tony. So last night at UFC 215, one of your former opponents, Alex White, had a fight, and he absolutely destroyed his opponent. Does it at all give you a little smile, a little sense of pride when you see your former opponents go out there and do well? Uh, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's business. We, I don't have anything personal against anyone that I fought other than a little bit of with our case. But, uh, you know, I mean, I just good for them. You know, I, I don't ever want to see, you know – a guy, you know, his career be over after a fight or anything. So it's, you know, there's so much financial that, you know, gain of being in the UFC compared to the other organizations. And even though we don't get paid that much as UFC fighters, but one of those things that is just good for them, you know, it's, uh, you know, Alex White seemed like a really nice guy when I talked to him in the back and uh, whatnot. So, I, you know, I'm glad for him. And yeah, he, he looked great. Oh, yeah. No, the reason I asked that, Tony, is because it goes to show that you're fighting really tough dudes. It's not like you're fighting a bunch of bums. Last night, he absolutely destroyed his opponent, and you 30-27 this guy. That's why I'm asking. No, yeah. I mean, it's definitely – it doesn't give me any more confidence. So I'm just you – know, I truly believe in my ability. 
So I know that I feel like I belong in there with the best fighters, and I think that I could beat the best fighters in the world. And so if they go out there and win every fight, you know, as long as I'm winning, that's all that matters to me. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned uh, your coach Brock Larson, you know, who in his day was an absolute beast who used to maul guys. And uh, I mean, can he? Uh, is he the one to credit for that uh, first round against uh, Rashid when you pulled off that sick technique with that uh, armbar Kimura trap you had? Yeah, he's you know, Brock is a huge Kimura guy, and uh, he's obviously built perfectly for ripping arms off. You know, that's what he's built a career on and. He's taught me, you know, every Kimura technique that I use. It's funny that, you know, that I go out to Boston, everyone pretty much calls me the Kimura guy. And then, uh, but then I always bring Brock out and then they, they, they realize really quick that, you know, uh, yeah, there's a real Kimura king out there. So I, I, Brock's been huge in my grappling partner. He's been, you know, and he's always been supportive of every move I've had. And he's always been there by my side of like when I make moves, you know, he, he wants to be a part of it and really help me, uh, you know, do the best for me. And that, that's always been his focus. And that's just been a big, uh, big part of my training since I started. So, Tony, you're taking on OAM this Saturday in Pittsburgh. And it's a really intriguing matchup because both of you guys have come such a long way. He's not really known for being a knockout artist or anything. He's known for winning decisions, but you got to respect that quality. What's your opinion of the matchup itself? Yeah, I think it's a, a really good matchup. I think that um, he, he's obviously seems like he's very strong. Uh, got d- good grappling. I don't think he's got great grappling. I think it's just the pressure. He, he just pressure puts pressure on these guys. And he's once he gets to the back, he is really good at staying on the back and, and finishing uh, rear naked chokes. There. So I think he's got like seven or eight rear naked chokes from the back. And uh, it's mostly just been, I think he's just overwhelmed guys with his pressure. But like I said, I, I grew up grappling with Brock Larson, and you know, there's no guy I'm going to feel with pressure like that. You know, there's a, a, a different pressure to Brock's game that is just doesn't even seem realistic most of the time. Uh, so I think it's a great matchup for me. I've been waiting to fight a grappler of uh, you know, kind of a little bit more of an American style, you know, wrestling and then grappling, like a pressure grappling which is perfect for what I've done, you know, in Minnesota is all I've, all I've done is beat up wrestlers in training. And so I, I'm really excited. I think, I think it's going to be a great fight for me. I think I, I fully expect to have a finish in this one. Now going into that Johnny Case fight, you know, a lot of people were saying stuff like, if Tony Martin's going to win the fight, he has to take it to the mat. And if the fight stays standing, Johnny Case has the edge. You went out there, you outstruck Johnny Case. Do you feel more confident than ever in your stand-up now? Yeah, absolutely, and that's just been a process of, uh, you know, just getting confidence inside the octagon. I've, I've, I feel like I've been a good striker inside the gym, and I've been one of those gym warriors where beating people up in the gym always, and then I get in t- inside the octagon, and I just couldn't find my range. I couldn't find, get comfortable uh, inside there, so I've been, you know, that was the focus in that fight where, you know, Johnny was being a little disrespectful about my striking as well, and, and a lot of his fans were saying the same thing. And so I really wanted to prove, like, hey, no, I know this guy can't hurt me. I just got to stand in here and, and, and let it go. So that was a big, big motivation for me was just getting more confidence inside there with my striking because I knew if I let it go that I could be one of the top strikers in the game as well. And, you know, every now 
it seems like every car now there's a weight cutting problem on each card and you know you you're a huge 155 or i think you're six foot or maybe even taller um what are your thoughts on the weight cutting in, M in mma and uh how is your weight cut going well so i took this fight on five weeks notice that was the the main the first thing i did right away is i called perfecting athletes who i work with and uh i was like hey can we make weight can we make it without messing with performance at all and they're like, yes, we just got to stick to the schedule, be very important uh, to not make any mistakes. So they're coming out. They'll be out here. Um, they get in tonight, I think, for certain athletes. And uh, so the weight cutting is tough, mostly on short notice. You know, these, you're expected to make the exact weight of 155, even you take a fight on five weeks' notice or three weeks' notice. But I think it's a lot of just self-discipline of, uh, you know, outside of camp and, uh, even in camp, I see a lot of guys, they're just not, uh, especially in camp is where I go very strict on everything. You know, I'm a, I'm a very straightforward. I like to focus fully on the fight. I feel like the weight cut makes me, you know, just feel like I'm involved in the fight. But I do think there should be more weight classes. I, I, it would be nice for them to introduce those other weight classes in there. And, you know, I would probably, you know, definitely probably go up to 165 if they put that weight class in. And... But, you know, mostly it's just doing stuff right and, and having the right support of, uh, you know, the right nutritionist where you're not destroying your body or you're trying to pull off too much weight when you're already dehydrated. So I always tell people this is a, a process that starts eight weeks out from the cut. It's not a, a, a thing that starts, it's not fight week all of a sudden where you should be cutting weight. It should be, no, eight weeks out, you should be, listen, you're interested in the right body all the right nutrients to your body so your body's prepared at that eight weeks to, to let go of that water quick and then to re-put all of those nutrients back in. So it's something where if you're not prepared over time, it's the same thing of fighting. You know, if your skills, you don't just gain skills in two weeks, it's got to be something that you're prepared for for a long time and then it, then it should pay off when when the time is right. So it's a thing where I try to do, as far, the second I always get a call, I'm instantly fully locked in on my diet and exactly planned out where my weight should be. But, you know, I'm a little bit heavier than I am in, in some camps at this point, about two or three pounds over what I'm normally coming in. But, you know, I, I'm healthy. I've been five and a half weeks straight, you know, uh, eating all my greens. Everything's good. So my body's ready to pull the weight, so I'm going to be just fine now come weigh day. Now, Tony, you're a very mentally strong guy. You started off your UFC career one and three. Now, at that point, a lot of other fighters, you know, they might have been like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I should go fight on the regional scene. For you, you put your head down, you grinded. Now you're four and three in the UFC. What kind of advice would you send, not just to kids, but someone that's going through adversity in their life that, hey, they can see things through, they can do great things with their lives? Yeah, my main thing is always just do things the right way. It's just one of those things, if you do things the right way, it's going to... Everything's going to take care of itself. And, you know, it's one of my, uh, my football coach in high school was big and very adamant on just taking care of yourself and what you can handle, you know. So don't, you can't stress once you're one and three. It's not a thing of, you know, I can't decide if the UFC is going to keep me or if they're going to cut me. What I can do is go back to the training room, figure out what I got to change, you know, put those actions in, hire a dietitian, you know, make sure I'm with the best coaches, make sure I'm doing everything right on my end, and then when it comes time, you know, I got to just try to go out there and perform. So the big thing is always just do things the right way is always going to take care of itself. 
Yeah, and uh, Tony, I actually had an interesting question for you. Whatever uh, happened to your uh, old teammate, uh, Adam McDonough? Because, you know, he had that vicious KO of uh, Koi and Bellator, and then, you know, he uh, lost to Korshkov, who's one of the best guys in the world, and we never saw him again. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a big wig uh, in the working industry, so he's got a... Uh, he's at a director role level right now at uh, Robinson, so he's makes really good money. So it's one of those things that you know he's got a son now, a wife. So it's one of those things where he's like financially, you know, MMA is not a, the greatest sport to make huge financial gain unless you're in the top what one percent is that. And uh, so he just took a life decision, and he hasn't fully retired, but. Um, he was also a huge part of my coming up, and, and he still comes out to all my fights, so he'll be coming out to Pittsburgh. But I, I don't know if we'll be seeing him or not. That's up to him still. But he uh, he just makes so much money doing what he you know does now that it's just financially wouldn't make any sense for him to put that to the side. Well, Tony, man, it's going down this Saturday, UNOAM. I know you'll take a win by any means necessary, but when you visualize this, do you think it's going to be a finish, or are you seeing a unanimous decision? No, I mean, honestly, there's, I see a knockout or a submission. I just don't, and I, I feel like I say that a lot, but this one seems like that perfect matchup where he either goes to sleep on his feet or he shoots a bad shot and I finish him right there. I, I just don't see it any other way. Uh, but, like you said, you know, I'll take a win any way it comes. I'm not going to, you know, put myself in a bad situation just to, you know, try to do something stupid, but I fully expect that my skill set's way above his, and I plan on going out there this Saturday and proving it. Yeah, and uh, Tony, one last question. Uh, you know you have experience versus Southpaws. You know, uh, Darius and Alex White were both Southpaws. Um, do you prefer fighting Southpaws, or are you, like, are you looking forward to the fact that he is a Southpaw, or, would you, uh, or do you really not even care? Uh, I probably would say if I had to pick, I'd rather fight an Orthodox guy. But uh, the Southpaw, when I first started, was Brock. And all I did was train with Brock so often. And Brock was a southpaw, so I, I was got really used to fighting southpaws. And then, um, you know, I fought Benil Darouche, but also I was still training with Brock all the time, so I was also seeing southpaws. And then I left, and then I feel like I've been out of the game a little bit with southpaws. And uh, but I, I think it's still, you know, if I just stick to what I know and what I'm good at, and not press the issue, I think that I'll be great matchup for southpaws. I, my right hand is my best weapon. And that's the best weapon to beat a southpaw. So if you think of it that way, I should, you know, take these southpaws out pretty easily. So I'm pretty excited. I think that, uh, you know, I like southpaws. They're a little different. The approach is a little bit different than orthodox. But, uh, you know, either way, it's just business as usual. Well, Tony, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us right here, right now on Half the Battle. Let the audience know where they can follow you and reach you. And any message for the fans, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you can reach me at T Martin MMA at Twitter, and then I think Instagram is the same. And then just tune in Fox Sports One September sixteenth, uh, nine thirty p.m. Roughly is when I'll, I'll be going on. So tune in and hopefully you enjoy the show. Tony Martin, thank you so much for the time and best of luck in the fight, man. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Joining me now is Tyson Nam. Tyson, welcome to Half the Battle. Thank you for having me. Oh, the pleasure's all mine, man. So. 
you're coming off a very impressive knockout yeah. win over Ali Bagautinov. We all know who he is. Now, going into that fight, man, I mean, it seemed, at least what I heard was you were down two rounds. The end of the third round, you made it happen with one second left. What was it like getting that knockout in Russia? It felt great. I mean, it ain't uh, anything new to me. I already did it in Brazil, so I just uh, did it in a different part of the world. Um, I guess a lot of people didn't know that it was a, a five-round fight. So, you know, with a five-round fight, you always got to use a, a little bit of use a little bit of strategy. So, the first two rounds, I was merely trying to feel him out, get him a little bit of tired because I knew he was going to come out strong. I mean, you know, it's in his hometown uh, in front of all of his fans in front of his country so i knew he was going to come out like a like a blazing fire so i had to let him extinguish himself out a little bit before uh before i started whooping that ass now obviously everybody knows you for those two devastating upset knockout victories over eduardo dantes in brazil and ali bagautinov in russia how much did those wins change your life uh it changes it a lot i mean the first time i went to brazil i was pretty much uh a no-namer, and then I was the number 10 bantamweight in the world, and now, uh, you know, kind of slid off with the, with the, with the with a few uh, misfortunes of uh, not, not being on a winning streak, and, you know, just an opportunity like that again put me right back on the top of the chart, so, I mean, you know, in MMA, you always have your ups and downs, and right now I'm back on top again. What do you think you got to do to maintain the kind of consistency you need? Well, recently, um, I just uh, moved back to my uh, home here in Hawaii, so I feel like a lot of things have uh, clicked a, a lot better for myself uh, in life, in training. Um, so it, it definitely showed when I went there to Russia. Um, the, the training was good. I, I felt good. I felt strong. Um, just being around, I guess, you know, family, friends, and just uh, the way of life, how I used to grow up, really uh, put me back in the in right frame of mind. So uh, is Tyson Nam ever going to get a hometown fight? Uh, probably not here. Uh, probably not anytime soon, um, especially with, uh, with a win like this. Yes, um, I am... I am exclusive to uh, Fight Night Global, so all of my fights will be uh, out there in, uh, in, in that part of the world. So anytime soon, no, I'll be traveling long travels for, for my fights here on out. What's it like getting to fight and compete in Russia? Because, I mean, we know the warrior spirit is a big thing in their culture. All their fighters are very serious. What's it like fighting there? It's uh, it was cold. It was uh, it was harsh. It was it was hard, and um, just like all of their fighters, the just the atmosphere really um, really set itself. And you know them being uh, being being very good fighters. I mean, here in Hawaii, we're uh, we're warrior class uh, race as well too. So fighting ain't ain't anything new to us. We do it every day when we're growing up and. I'm pretty sure out there in Russia they do it every day when they're growing up as well too. So we got something we got something in common, but I feel like uh, out here in Hawaii we're we're definitely overlooked since we're so small. We have a lot of talent out over here. We got we got a great amount of talent. Just sometimes the discipline I guess for a lot of the fighters um, 
is a little bit low. You know, there's always something better to do out here in a way. We can go to the beach and go surf, eat some uh, eat some some great food. But once we get that discipline down, man, we're uh, we're very hard to uh, compete with. So I mean, the Hawaiian warrior versus the Russian warrior. I mean, what's that like in terms of the psychology and the mentality going into the fight? Because this is actually the third Russian in a row you're fighting. I stole his name. I'm I'm the puncher king now. I I told you guys before, and when I knock him out, I'm gonna take Ali's nickname. So now they can call me the puncher king, the kicker king. Just call me king. That'll work, right? That's right. So now you're taking on Abby Alich, and like we mentioned. It's the third Russian in a row you're fighting in Russia. What do you know about your opponent? I know that his uh, uh, main discipline is wushu, I believe. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of uh, side kicks, a lot of straight kicks. I mean, he's young, he's fast, he, he looks pretty good, but I don't think he's um, faced anybody at my caliber yet. So I think he'll be very surprised because everything he's going to throw at me, I've I've not not seen. I've been in the game for about ten or eleven years, more than a decade. So there's not going to be a lot that he's gonna gonna wow me with. So you're from Hawaii, man. How much hometown pride do you have when you see a guy like Max Holloway go out there and defeat the great Jose Aldo and get that belt? So much. I mean, I know that uh, on amateur ranks. I mean, we we're so small that we fight amongst each other and with the 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 different schools but when when we're going overseas or when someone's doing it big out there in the world and putting us uh, on top of the map the map man we're so we're so proud we're so proud of him and all of the other guys that are in the UFC as well too we got a few guys out over there and yeah we're we're just so proud of uh, everybody that uh, does something good for Hawaii you know, I ask this to every Hawaiian fighter that I speak with on Half the Battle, and I got to ask you as well, you know, what's in the water over there, man? Because the Hawaiians are true warriors, man. You guys love to fight. Oh, man. I think it's uh, it's so small that there's not much to do, you know? So even just uh, growing up, just um, – uh, growing up with the boys, uh, rough housing. I mean, fighting's in our nature. Um, and, uh, you know, you go to the beach, you go for a couple of hikes, there isn't much else to do. Might as well just uh, throw some punches at each other for the hell of it. So are there some up-and-coming Hawaiian fighters that I need to look out for? Obviously, Boston Salmon, he just got signed to the UFC. Mm -hmm. He's about to do big things. Are there some other guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, we just had on top of the one of the recent Dana White contender shows. Uh, Martin Day put on a very good oh, yeah. performance, and oh man, he was about one or two punches or a kick away from just ending that guy's night. But unfortunately, you know, uh, he didn't. He didn't get the contract. I feel like he should have, but. He definitely, they'll be right there in their back pocket if they ever need a guy to step in on a short notice fight. And we got a bunch of uh, bunch of young fighters um, coming up here uh, with our uh, Team Hawaii Elite. I mean, we already got guys like uh, Russell Doan, Louis Smoker that are already in the UFC. So, you know, champions breed champions, and uh, we're, we're uh, looking to, to add more to that list. 
So obviously the first Hawaiian UFC champion was BJ Penn. That was in the past era. In the modern era, we got Max Holloway. What's the future Hawaiian world champion going to look like? Oof. And he's going to, I mean, Matt, Max, Max is the future. I mean, he's still very young. He's, uh, he's so good. He, he's only getting better every single time that he fights, as, as you guys can tell. I mean, but, you know. We got, we got so many guys, I, I don't have much to say on top of that, just because we got so much talent out over here that's going to do great things. So, Tyson, tell the fans how they can watch your next fight, man. You know, honestly, if I knew, I would have told everybody, but <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to get a stream all the way out there from Russia, but they did have a live stream last time. When I find out how to... Uh, to uh, tune into that thing. I will definitely that, let everybody know. Fight Nights Lobo. Follow me up on uh, Instagram, Tyson Nam. Follow me up on. Uh, pause. <laughs> Follow me up on on Twitter, Tyson Nam. Follow me up on Instagram, Namona Eleven. Stay tuned. On top of my journey back over to, to uh, Saint Petersburg, Russia. Now I'm gonna do some damage over there. Well, Tyson, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, man. Best of luck in your fight, and uh, we'll speak again soon. Will do. Thank you for having me, Daniel. You got it, man. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Tony Martin and Tyson Nam. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Shaq and I will be back later this week to break down UFC Pittsburgh, Luke Rockhold versus David Branch. Everybody stay safe out there during Hurricane Irma and Jose. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.